No, no. So he talked about how Nike read the tea leaves and saw business in China would be growing during this pandemic. I thought, great for Nike. Not so much for your local landscaping company. What are the recovery markers for your industry? Thomas Henry with Adreek wrote an article titled A Four-Step Roadmap to Help Brands Create a Marketing Plan for the New Normal. He lights, highlights four interesting areas, but as I was reading the article, I, I didn't feel the small business was being considered. Today, Phil and I will explore four suggested roadmap waypoints Mr. Henry references and introduce our small business slant. At the end of this episode, you will be able to read the business climate for your industry and anticipate the new normal. Are you like most people? For the last 20 years, F1 for Help has been perfecting the art of computer repair. To get your computer repair done right the first time, give Joe at F1 for Help a call at 208-687-0183. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the business buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Welcome to the business buffet. Phil, how the heck are you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really bursting at the seams. Uh, you know, our conference. So we're recording this on September 11th. It's a kind of a, a solemn day. It is. Uh, but... Uh, we will go publish with this episode on next Tuesday, but we're about 10 days away from the, where we're recording this to when our conference starts. Wow. And so uh, you have been really nice in working with me. Like I said, we need to do this one today and I'm like jetting to another zoom re presentation recording. It's, it's one thing after another, after another, after another. You're like recording 35 hours worth of video, aren't you? Yeah. Well, it's so 35, 45-minute sessions that will go live on the... So, but for all intents and purposes... It's an hour. Yeah, yeah. It will be an hour when it's all said and done. But yeah, it's it's a lot of work, Ed. You know, almost that's almost a full, uh, full week's worth of work. And just at the... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I was doing the math. I'm now, like, wait a minute. Those of you on the podcast, you, you, you know, we're, we're streaming on Facebook. And, and I'm going to save... Phil's face. I've got that in high resolution and posted on the website. That'll be that'll be the caption. You mean by for, deer in the headlights? Yeah, yeah. That that was that was priceless. So no, no, that that's like one, two, three days. That's it. That's it. So a full week's worth. You know, you're, you're small business. <laughs> I had chef, to. Chef is the chef. And <laughs> the chef is the chef. Chef is the chef. You know, That's I awesome. uh, I was reading um, Adweek magazine, and I came across this article by Thomas Henry. And I, I don't I don't read Adweek a lot. Well, I was going to say it was Adweek and not Adreek. 
Right. right. Yeah, because no, at the that... intro, you said add reek. And Did like, I say reek? It was awesome, though. I, I love it when you make those little faux I just really do. We're, but we, it's not ad reek because that's a completely different magazine. I it guess that really means stinks. we're never going to get uh, <laughs> ad, ad reek. <laughs> ad week will never be advertising with the yeah. business buffet. But so, ad week. There we ad go. Ad week. Okay. So he wrote this article, and I, I read through it, and it's like, okay, that's pretty good if you're Nike. Uh, yeah, because they even reference Nike. Do you know they they shifted over? Um, they they don't really address the small business. No. And what do you do in this new normal? So, what I'm gonna what I wanted to do when I when I wrote this week's episode, I thought, well, let's go through Thomas's four wave points. Yeah, let's see what we can do to tweak those a little bit. Yeah, maybe. and then let's put the business buffet spin on it. Let's. Ah. Uh, Let's saute it for the sprinkling a few yeah, of the business little spices. There yeah, you a little, go. There I like go. it. Add a little spice to this one. Let's see what so, we're doing here. This is good. So the, the first waypoint on Thomas's map is help and reassure. And what he wrote was one way is to create content that lets people know that some of the world's biggest companies have a plan and crucially have a heart. Easy to do when you have eight-figure marketing budgets mm-hmm. and hundreds of employees sitting around hollering, put me in, coach! Give me something to do. But very impractical for the small business fighting to make ends meet. That said, the waypoint is not incorrect. Help and reassure is an excellent idea. For your small business, the way we do it doesn't involve lots of money, but rather lots of time. We get involved in our local community, community, be it a coach a little league, serve on a committee in the chamber of commerce, heck, throw your name in the hat for the city budget or planning committees, volunteer to help with the high school football team, etc. Getting involved, being active in your committee, community means getting your name out and people start to turn to you as the go-to person to get things done. Phil, in your business experience, you've been in business a long time. Mm, you've been in the community. That. <laughs> you've been in the community a long time. What do you get out of getting involved in the community? Because you were you were just recently president of your Rotary mm, Club, yeah. weren't you? Yep. What What did that bring to you emotionally, financially, economically, business wise? It's a great question, and I didn't do it for any of what you just said. Of course not. I, I really didn't. Uh, and what I get out of that is just the gratification of helping my Rotary Club and hopefully lead in a way that it was going to help our club. And I, yeah, we, we got some things done. It was good. We didn't get as much done as I wanted to, but we, you know, you never do, right? And so uh, just being a part of uh, the community, I, I like being out, I like people. That's really, I could be out and about all the time and be happy as a clam. But when you're not using these things as a transactional method and more of a relational method, sometimes the ROI on that time isn't seen for a while. And some of it isn't even seen directly. It could be indirectly. From another, you know, you you and I have a relationship. You and I don't do business, but you know someone. 
and vice versa. I might know someone that you see what I mean. Well, yeah, and so, it, you know, and also the way it works for me is, you know, I, I'm very active in my Rotary Club. Yeah, and and I even tell them I, I don't want to lead anything. I just want to do right. Uh, I'm on an international committee. I'm very active in my local club, and I tell them both the same thing. I, I don't want to be an officer. I don't want to even be a chairman. Right. You've been there and done that been enough, there, right? Been there yeah, done that in the past, but now at this stage in my life, I I don't have the time, but. Being there doing, you know, you're always seen and not heard. And this this might be, this might sound a little bit manipulative, but when you're seen and not heard, people start to wonder if you're getting enough out of the experience. They start to, I don't know, feel sorry is the right way to say it, but they feel inclined to support you. And I've gotten business just because somebody's walked up and said, you know what, I don't, I don't really need a website, but you do so dang much for the group. I, I want to support you. Can I buy a website or, or do something of the sorts? Honestly, that is kind of the Gary Vaynerchuk way for one thing, right? You just give without expectation. That's right. And I don't do it because they're going to give. No, but here's the thing. When you do it for the right reasons and it shows and you're like, hey, look what I'm doing, right? You're doing it and you're doing a good job and it's for the betterment of the group and the club, then all of a sudden, not to any fault of your own, you're getting these business inquiries that are because it's almost out of shame, right? You're kind of guilting them. And that's what Gary does a lot of. He gives so much information that when he is ready to sell a book, people are willing to buy that because of all the information they get. And so there is that aspect. Well, and this is kind of why I rolled this one up into the help and reassure mm-hmm. waypoint from Thomas. Because, you know, people look at it and say, well, well we know the meeting's going to run right. I do the Zoom meetings for Rotary. We know the meeting's going to be run right because Ed's up there. So it, it's kind of like, well, I'm helping. And they're reassured that it's going to work. And in this pandemic right now, we're in a situation where lots of people just cannot come to the meeting. That's right. And this is the only way that they can be involved in any way, shape, or form with their fellow Rotarians. So I thought bringing this is an example in, not to pat myself on the back here. <laughs> but you're going to do it anyway. But, you know, to, <laughs> we live by example, right? Whereas if I don't, I always joke, um, I don't sell what I don't use. Right. And I why i don't sell women's lingerie <laughs> so this is the same it's another basic conversation thing. anyway right well i am from <laughs> california <laughs> so help and reassure get involved in your community do something that you love and then it's no long you're not doing it for the reward you're doing it because you love to do it and people are going to see that passion in your face and there and there's another aspect to that you're not going in and falling on your face. It's getting done. Now, there was the one faux pas the one day, but that was not even really any fault of your own. You were given wrong information, but how did you recover? You recovered, right? And so people see that you're good at what you do, and now they're more likely, if anything comes up in that industry, just give Ed a call because he's really good. I've seen him in action. He's really good. And that is a testimonial you cannot buy. It is, and it generates leads like nobody's business. Exactly. So so the next waypoint is wait for the recovery marker. And and Thomas, he describes markers at as markers will 
differ by category, but the commonality for a recovery marker is that it represents an objective data point that can give you confidence in normative operational patterns resuming in your category. You know, that's quite a mouthful. I'm normative. Do you know what normative even means? Normative, I do. I do know. Well, I, I didn't, so I, yeah, I, I looked look it, it up. up. Yeah. Establishing, relating to, or deriving from a standard or norm, especially a behavior. We don't want to talk above our listeners. No, no. So he <laughs> talked about how Nike read the tea leaves and saw business in China would be growing during this pandemic. I thought, great for Nike. Not so much for your local landscaping company. What are the recovery markers for your industry? How will you know when business is safe to ramp back up? Here is what I think small business has the biggest advantage. You, the owner, talk directly with your customers. You know when things return to normal because you'll see it in their eyes. You'll see it in the eyes of your customer. You'll hear it in their voice. You're kind of like, connected to the heart of your customer you can't i i don't think you can help but see it no uh and and i would only caution yeah the the better you know your business and your customers the the more it will be obvious when these markers show up and they are going to uh differ from industry to industry from company to company uh even even uh two companies within the same industry just because of the culture but Nike looked at China as a marker, right? And and watched how that happened. And I would just, uh, this is so funny, you guys. Uh, Facebook sees this. Ed's like trying to, <laughs> oh no, he's got the gun out. You know, the fly is going to land on my face. And I'm going to get shot. There it is right there. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is too good for a podcast. I have my salt <laughs> rifle. Salt, S-A-L-T. I have a salt rifle. <laughs> Oh, missed. Okay, so honestly, this may be the most entertaining. <laughs> got him. Okay. Did you really? I did. I did. I got Gosh, that was actual salt. I can taste it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is the business buffet. Yeah, yeah just, just, just roll it around. Roll it around. <laughs> that, that burn will go away, I promise. So we digress, as we normally do. But <laughs> if, if you look at China, which is a completely different country and they operate in a very different way right they do so be careful when you're looking at um, something like china as a marker on how you're gonna pivot and swivel and reroute your business right i would just be cautious don't go all in but these are big companies big countries that they're looking at right we can all look on how they do these things and then scale down to our business and do things that work for us. But you're but, right about the money thing. Well, you know, when we look at like the landscaping companies, as the example that I gave earlier, uh, we actually, we just fired our landscaper. We hired a new guy. And the reason why we fired the old guy wasn't that I was necessarily disappointed with the work, although... Yeah, I was disappointed. I was going to say, sorry, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they started coming in and it was like a race. It was honestly, the truck would pull up. I, I could time them in five minutes. The truck is pulling away. Oh yeah. And they've mowed the front and back lawn. And anyway, I asked them for a quote and, and they didn't give it to me. Two months passed by. We asked them three times, no quote for some extra work. 
So I fired him, hired a new guy. Well, I liked a new guy. So when you hear your customer's tone change, they should have known that I wasn't happy. Oh, for sure. By the third phone call, and I'm saying, are you going to send me the quote that I've asked you for? That is a telltale that I'm not happy. And it works in reverse. So when you're that same landscaper and you're out and you say, hey, Bob, how you doing? You know, darn, I'm doing great. The kids are having a great time. Soccer is going good. Business is doing great. We've just got a marker that says our industry is doing pretty good. Our local economy is starting to turn around. Right. And uh, I was looking real quick. Didn't we just this week or last week, I guess, or last episode, is, are you listening to your yeah, customers, that, that right? That was the title of it. Yeah. So um, it's right in front of me on my, <laughs> my notes. It is right there on the side. Are you yes, it is. To your uh, but what you're saying is absolutely true. And if you know your customers at all, which your other landscaping company, it wasn't about that. Look, we're both all about being efficient in your systems. You, you really can't grow and make money like you're capable of if you don't have organization uh, and, and systems in place and running efficiently. But when it comes to dialogue and listening to your customers and your clients, it's hard to quantitate, quantitate that. That's a hard word to say. Another hard one. Yeah, thank you. I better look that one up. No, that one I think yeah. you know. But uh, just to, to have that conversation, a, a guy that does our yard, you know him, Oasis, mm -hmm. future sponsor of the show. Uh, Aaron and I had a 20-minute conversation today when he was um, you know, putting fertilizer on the lawn. He's having a conversation with us. Did oh, it, yeah, it, he didn't have his pants down, so <laughs> I knew that's where you're going to go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We are so out of control today. This is what happens when there's, like, no rules. So speaking of sponsors, we're going to take a little break here for, to hear from one of our sponsors. Are you like most people in front of your phone and computer all the time? Computers can really be a pain in the neck. Many people slouch or strain their necks while working at the computer, as well as during their stressful commute. A recent study shows how jutting the head forward to read more closely compresses the neck and can lead to neck and shoulder problems, as well as pain going into the arms and hands. Laura, with Abandon Your Aches Massage, is all about holistic approach to health and helping you live the life you deserve. She has years of experience in many types of massage therapy ranging from light touch, cranial sacral therapy to deep tissue trigger point therapy. Not only that, she can provide helpful stretches and has an entire line of essential oils that can keep you living your best life even after you leave her office. Let Laura help you return to your daily activities. Schedule a massage at AYAMassageCDA.com. Abandon your aches massage. Relief, relax, refresh. Welcome back. You know, we're, we're going over an article that Thomas Henry with Adweek wrote titled Four Step Roadmap to Help Brands Create a Marketing Plan for the New Normal. And we went through part one and part two, or way, waypoint one and waypoint two in the first half of the program. And here's where we would do waypoint three and waypoint four. But <laughs> I, I think Thomas's next two waypoints are totally worthless to discuss 
for our small business example, in my humble opinion. You don't like plan to return to the driver's seat? I know, I don't, I don't. I don't like the way they wrote it. Yeah. But I would suggest you visit adweek.com and check out the article. The next waypoint I am going to suggest is watch, <laughs> it's good. watch your local movie theater show times and the number of people eating ice cream. Maybe not the best waypoint in snowy days in North Idaho. No. But you'll get the point in a minute. Disposable income is a leading indicator of a return to normalcy. For those cities where movie theaters have reopened, what movies are playing? Are they first-run blockbusters mm. or old classics that are cheap to rent? How many people are in the seats? Are folks staying after the movie to get a bite to eat? Or are they rushing home? A vibrant economy is one where people feel comfortable spending extra money on entertainment. Okay, so I've got something to say about this. I love the second part of this waypoint. The first part, I don't know if you could even gauge before the epidemic, pandemic, COVID, Rona, whatever the hell whatever it we're is. calling right, it. Right. I don't think the movie theater anymore is a good judge. Oh, it's an excellent judge. See, I don't think people are going to the theaters like they used to. Oh, before the yes, absolutely they are. Yeah, they the the theater model has changed considerably just, just to try to keep those butts going back in the seats. Well, to give an example, our local theater, Regal, uh, it's no longer open seating. It's now assigned seating. That's the change in model. So well, you was, have less. But that was before COVID, right? It's before, and there's less seats. Because they're more comfortable, nice drink holders, you can recline, right? There's and the the price is going to be at or above where it used to be. Well, it, okay, so but the dinner aspect of it, I absolutely agree. So the the literal translation, right. you know, yes, people go to the movies, and you look at it nationally, and you see what is the gross ticket sales for movies when they first come out. If you see that starting to trend up. And, and then That's the other, an indicator. The other thing that I look at is how long is that blockbuster movie staying at the theater? Right. You know, Star Wars, um, Star Trek, Avengers, even the X, uh, X-Men. Mm -hmm. These movies, they stayed there for months. They, you know, they weren't something that was there a couple of weeks and then left. There was a movie that I wanted to go see. This has been a couple of years ago, so I probably don't remember the title, but... I thought, you know, I'm going to wait until after opening weekend. And, you know, and I, so I, I missed two weekends. And the third weekend, it was it, gone. It was gone. Because okay. everyone was subscribing to your strategy of waiting. Well, you know, they maybe that or they it was just a sucky movie. But the idea here is disposable income is only disposed of on entertainment when we have plenty of it. And I absolutely agree with that. So the best way to see that is, is look at your community. What are the entertainment spots? Uh, you know, it used to be bowling, actually, nine years, ten years ago. I've bowled with you. If, if I would have mentioned this, I, I would have said, look at your bowling alley. Um, it, not so much anymore because yeah. it's kind of gone out of vogue. Um, movie theaters are still there, and especially in the summertime, because what else are the kids going to do? They don't want to sit at home and watch Netflix. They're they're going out, and you know, especially when hormones are racing and you get into a dark room. And you who wins that things. race, by the way? Well, not mom and dad. There goes a hormone in lane one. Not it's caught mom up with and dad. That's for darn two. sure. 
So my last waypoint, and possibly the best. Is this the secret sauce? Getting there. Okay. The best tell that your local economy is booming is to watch the want ads. How many job openings are there? What types of jobs are being offered? Are they manager-level jobs or are they menial labor jobs? To me, this is, this is kind of the tell. Uh, you know, I like the ice cream for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. But the, the classified ads is kind of the tell of the health of the economy. When, when Kay and I were moving to Coeur d'Alene, we, we were looking at three cities. We were looking at Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, mm-hmm. um, uh, Missoula, Montana. Oh, there you go. And Cheyenne, Wyoming. Really? Those were the three cities. We had already ruled out Oklahoma City, mostly because of the bugs. I understand that there's a, there, there's a certain time in the evening where bars open just for cockroaches. Yeah, well, it's also the city that stole the Supersonics, but that's just me. <laughs> you know, we don't like Clay Bennett over here. Well, yeah. That sporting, you know, I we, know. <laughs> we need to do a whole episode about how stupid sporting events are. Oh, uh, let's do that. We, we really need to do that because you want to talk about a dumb business decision. Oh. Let's embrace BLM. Okay, now that I, <laughs> now that I just the killed Bureau audience, of land, uh, the Bureau that, of yeah, Land Bureau Management. Of, yeah, that's right. So what are the classified <laughs> ads reading? So when we were moving here, I looked at the classifieds, not just for one week. I mean, this was really a two-and-a-half-year project. I looked at the classified ads on all of them. I also did research on the, on the library and looked at businesses and what was the average life expectancy of a business. But for judging the economy, are there lots of jobs available or are there nothing in the paper? So it seems to me you can almost make a case for either of those, right? If there's a lot of jobs available, does that mean the economy is going strong or, or not strong? Or if there's not a lot of jobs available, does that mean that, oh, we lost our Facebook feed? Oh, well. Or does that mean that uh, there are no jobs out there because they're all filled or that people aren't hiring? So I'd be curious about that because I know that uh, lately... I'm listening on the radio and I am actually hearing more and more companies saying we're hiring. In fact, walking by even brick and mortar stores, I was in a store just the other day. It had a sign on the door that said, we are hiring inquire within, which is odd because it used to be uh, you would fill out a resume and now you have to go online. But this was implying that you came in to look at it. So different forms of jobs available right the 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 want ads that's a brick and mortar radio and the and the newspaper and the want ads so it seems like the economy is starting to pick up around here just in what i'm hearing on the commercials as well as seeing in person i don't look in the paper very often but you know i I was it was fortunate that i was able to travel to portland this summer to uh, help out a customer fortunate it was fortunate because it, it really, really reinforced the reason I moved. moved yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you came back alive to be able to talk about you it. You know, and every time one of my friends posts something negative about Oregon, <laughs> I just go hashtag Idaho. <laughs> I'm such an ass. ass. Oh, I'm such an I ass. said that at the beginning. You did. You did. So <clears throat> stating the obvious. Went to Portland and there's nobody in the stores. 
Oh, man. There's very few cars on the road, and there's no help wanted ads. Well, I mean, a few. They're all garbage. They're all menial labor tests. Right, right. So Uneducated, right? You, you come back here, and our town is vibrant. There's a lot of traffic. There's people walking downtown. They're enjoying all it is to partake of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So let's, let's, let's make something really clear. Portland, Oregon, and that market is really different than Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and the market in terms of size. Well, except for the neighborhoods. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't know if you've spent much time in Portland. A little bit, not much. There's, there's pocket neighborhoods, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what they're known for. Right. Now, I avoided I the, the ones. district names, but yeah. Yeah, I avoided the ones downtown, but I, I drove through some of the ones on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're cute little one or two block long um, communities. Right. And they all have names. Nobody. Oh, wow. Nobody on the streets. Restaurants are closed. Nobody around. It, that is not an economy that is doing very good. And you look around America and you see this happening everywhere. Yeah. But you come to a community like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and all of a sudden you see a whole bunch of vibrancy things. Yeah. This is a tell that you can go ahead and invest in your business because the economy is healthy. And that's kind of the whole point. The idea that Thomas introduced with regards to knowing what to do in the new normal, it didn't apply to small business. Knowing when it is time to step on the gas and increase your business investment requires you pay attention to the signs around you. The small business that is connected to the community, involved in community functions, and engages with local people in the community is better able to read those signs. Besides using the ice cream trick, means you will eat a lot more ice cream while you are looking for for eating habits that are always a good thing. Who can be unhappy when they're eating ice cream? I mean, really, come on, right? Chocolate fudge. Chocolate fudge, uh, pralines and cream. (laughs) Isn't it pralines? I don't know, pralines and cream. 50 years, that's the way I do it. You got a quote of the day? I do. It has something to do with predicting the future. The best way to predict the future is to invent it, Ed. Alan Kay. Very good. Well, folks, thanks a lot for tuning in today. Remember to eat hearty in business. Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds it shouldn't? Do you want your computer to run better? Well, give F1 for help a call at 208 687-0183 or visit us on the web at www.f1forhelp.net Thank you for listening to this episode of The Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.